I don't know if anybody told Kirby about uh, about Beamer's comments at halftime about kicking their butts, but I'm not saying they didn't because right. I was like, ooh, I really hope that someone tells Kirby about that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I review Georgia's 24 to 14 win over South Carolina. We talk about our experiences on Saturday and what stood out to us during the game. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxiatime, at Oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. John, how was your weekend? Weekend was pretty good, man. Um, you know, it was a, it was a weekend of it was a weekend of nothing but football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, we we watched football all day on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, there were games on at the tailgate. Um, watched there. Watched the dogs. Got home after that game. Watched. What did we watch? We watched a little bit of Ole Miss in Georgia Tech, um, Tennessee, Florida. And then Colorado, Colorado State, but I couldn't make it through the whole game. I, as expected, I bailed at halftime, went to bed. <laughs> but yeah, lot, I, was a lot of football on Saturday. I stayed up the whole time. Man, I don't know how you did that. I that I suspected that from the texts that I read when I woke up this morning <laughs> that you made it through the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I'm amazed. I, I made it to halftime. So I had to watch. I I am I am a Dion. I'm a Dion hater. Um, <laughs> So I had to yes. I had to fully absorb the hatred oh. because I saw that it was going south for him. And if you look at, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the ESPN. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite graphics to look at for these reviews is you know the win expectancy mm-hmm. uh, from ESPN. And when you see a game like what you saw with uh, Colorado and Colorado State, um, that graph is also equally as amazing. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I watched it all, but yeah, the weekend started, uh, Friday we went to, um, we had a birthday, it was a surprise birthday party. And the uh, podcast did not spoil it, right? No, the podcast for sure did not spoil okay, it. Okay, good, because I, I, I realized to... that like later when you told me whose birthday it was, I was like, <laughs> oh no, because like I didn't edit that out. <laughs> friend, of, friend of the show, uh, Samford, Samford alumni and former guest, uh, Paul Muchnick, it was his 40th birthday. Um, Good. I, he doesn't really have a reason to listen to this podcast, but I I, right. I I forgot to tell him about that, that I like had that thought that I was like, uh, yeah, there's no way he's listening <laughs> to this. Um, a Georgia uh, Tech fan, Samford alumni. like Right, no, right, right. No reason. Even though, you know, even the best of friends are not going to listen to the podcast if they're not a fan of Georgia, right? Right. It's all good. Um, it's all good. Anyway. So we went to his 40th birthday party and it was, uh, it was, a, it was a great, like they had cocktails and everything. Um, you know, lots of food, lots of fellowship. And, uh, I was probably a little overserved um, by the end. So my Saturday morning was a little slower than I had planned. So I got my run in much later than I planned. So I blame the start on, on, you can blame the start on me, Jim. Okay. Um, because we did not come out looking super strong, and I did not come out looking super strong uh, on Saturday. Um, Fair enough. I think I sent you. Uh, you guys were like probably already on campus and all those things by the time I I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I made it to campus much earlier this time, as far as in relation to kickoff than uh, the opener. So yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I drove down Friday night uh, to my parents place uh hung out with them and then came over with them and my sister and uh shout out to greg and rodeo uh put on an epic mm. tailgate on saturday uh it was really it was a lot of fun um man it looked it looked amazing I'm, i have to say i was having some serious fomo it was it was pretty sweet uh coach made it coach came by so like mm. hilarious moment he was walking down the street and my mom and dad were calling him by his first name and he like wasn't reacting and i yelled coach and then he turned around 
That's was, amazing. It was pretty awesome. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so we got to sit and spend a lot of time with coach at the tailgate. That was awesome. And then uh, John Tweets was there, obviously, and he sat with us for the game. Um, so he came with us. Um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I actually, okay, so I actually have not told you this story. Um, I had a young man come up to me uh, named Landon and tell me about uh, his podcast that him and his dad have. They've started a new Georgia podcast and asked if I would come on and and do some picks and maybe do a guest segment with, with them. So Landon, I didn't forget. uh, Like I said, you let me know when, and I'll, I'll be there. So shout out to Landon. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) And uh, you know, uh, almost as cool as meeting Landon, but not quite as cool. No. So uh, dude, the father of the unofficial official receiver of my got a podcast stopped by. So, uh, Got to meet Mr. Muse and hang out with him for a bit, chat him up. Uh, awesome guy, really nice. Uh, may or may not have told him that his son is the unofficial official <laughs> receiver of the podcast, uh, which he got a kick out of. Uh, so that was that was fun. That was fun. Yes. It, was, it, was, it was pretty epic. Pretty epic. Mr. Muse, Mr. Muse, please. Uh, please let your son know that we're, we're, we're eagerly awaiting to interview him. If you've, if you've not like, if you dear listener have not listened to any of the interactions that he's had, uh, I think it's, what is it? Is it the player's lounge? I can't remember which one it was. Um, Hmm. I'm pretty sure it's the player's lounge on Instagram. They, they're really good. Like that's, it's the same group that does Tate Ratledge's like videos. Yeah. That's, that's player's lounge. Yeah. that's. I think so, right? Or is I it through the collective? I think it's I think it's the players' lounge. Anyway, okay. Um, but you know, if you're if you're on Tate Ratledge or Nazir Stackhouse or Javon Bullard, yeah. um, I'm trying to think who else was was on those um, was on those videos. But they interviewed Makai Muse on a couple of those videos. Like they have like little short clips and stuff on on Instagram. I assume it's on YouTube for the full the full context. But um, man, the kids were really well spoken. He's yeah. He's got a good, he's got a good presence. Like even, you know, football doesn't work out long-term. Like I have a feeling he's going to be behind a camera at some point. Yeah. Or yeah. in front of a camera at some point. Right. Um, right. Right. But yeah. Um, anyway, that's awesome. Uh, hopefully we can get him on. <laughs> I know. Well, his dad was like, has he been on the podcast? I was like, well, does he want to come on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, conversations were had. So we'll see. That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. So yeah, so you know, did that. Like I said, Tailgate was awesome. Uh, saw most of the usual crew. Got to meet some new folks as well. Um, so it was, like I said, a lot of fun. Made our way into the stadium, and and then it was on. So it was a good day. Awesome. The, the okay. So the 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 thing that was surprising to me, and not to you, and thankfully you warned me, and I heeded your warning was the rain coming in. So I know you were like, is it raining? And John and I were like, oh, it's not going to rain. Zero percent chance. Yeah. And you're like, it's raining here. It's going to rain there. Like, I was like, uh, <laughs> so bode well, typically the way that's, I mean, that's the way the weather, the weather usually like formulates is right. Whatever hits right. us eventually makes its way over there. Exactly. And so between you, you know, making your warnings. And then uh, my mom, the fact that I was with my mom and my sister, I think is really what saved me. Cause they were like, what's it going to hurt to pack a poncho. So we had ponchos. <laughs> and uh, so we, we were able to stay dry. Um, it wasn't like is uh, heavy of a downpour or anything as like Tennessee last year, but it was a steady rain. Uh, I think yeah, the, was... my dad, the way my dad described it was like, it was like a finer rain. Like it wasn't as heavy. Um, like the drops weren't as big or something. I don't know, but it was which pretty is, steady throughout. What I mean, once it got going, it kind of stayed. So, yeah, which is like in some ways even worse than when it's like the a, a drenching downpour. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get so like Tennessee. Like everything was just soaked. Uh, this one was not as so for for right. what that's worth. But but yeah, man. Like you said, the game. I mean, like right from the jump when the kick opening kickoff went out of bounds. Right, it was just like. <laughs> Right off the bat, not the way you want to start. Um, the announcers did us no no favors with that as well. Like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah, that happened. And then, I mean, I mean, I think Spencer Rattler, really good. Like, that guy was amazing. Um, I know it was a tale of two halves, and we, we did much better with him the second half. But that first drive, I mean, you know, it's usually those first drives are scripted, and it works to a T for them. Um, you know, he came out firing was literally perfect on the drive 
didn't have an incompletion, had a touchdown pass. Uh, the I did. Um, I watched. I haven't rewatched the entire game, but I watched the first half today. Um, mm-hmm. I say I listened to the entire game. Actually, what I did on my way on my drive home from Athens today uh, to Charlotte okay. was I listened to the game broadcast um, through. Mm-hmm. I streamed it. Okay. I streamed like the replay of it. Um, at any rate, the TV copy though, like, they were very uh, critical of the third down blitz on that first touchdown. I don't know if you yes, caught that. Were, which it, rightfully so. Yeah, it was pretty risky. So. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that was probably one of the. Uh, I really don't know. I I just don't understand what they're trying to do there, because um, I mean, I, I guess we 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 do kind of know, but like, I, it just felt like it was one of those statements that Kirby was trying to make early, mm-hmm. and they just didn't get home, and it just kind of led to a momentum swing, right? So like, because yes. at that point we had we had kicked our field goal, right? It was like no, it was the opening drive, so it was it was, the it was zero. Drive. Okay, it was zero to zero, and it was third and pretty long. Um, when they up, did that. basically so yeah 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 but i mean if we make the t- you know we make the tackle there too like i do i feel kind of like there's definitely missed tackles for sure multiple missed tackles and you know bullard wasn't in the game i feel like bullard makes that tackle um but yeah mm-hmm. i mean there were multiple missed tackles and it was it was a good play design man i mean we we had that blitz they faked a screen to the left and then ran a screen to the right i mean it was a good play they they caught us like sometimes you gotta tip your cap <laughs> yeah they came so, out. They came out ready to play in the first half. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I can't remember when exactly Juice Wells went down. It was on that play. So he scored okay. the touchdown and like right. broke his foot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. he ended up like going up on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. But like he, it was like it was like a delayed reaction. Like he didn't notice it until after he had scored or something. It was weird. Did we ever find out what exactly happened there? Because I was kind of curious too. Because there was nothing. There was nothing that jumped out on you, like. Yeah, the, you know, like the, the Aaron Rodgers injury where they like you could see like what happened. But like that one, when they zoomed in on his whole play, like nothing really stood out. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So I don't know. I'm guessing he just because they said he already had a broken bone, broke in his a bone foot or something and that yeah. he had a screw or whatever. So I think they felt like he probably stepped. Who knows, man? You know, you step on the turf funny sometimes and it pops. I don't know. I, but mm-hmm. yeah, you can't see you can't see him react at all on the TV copy anywhere. Like he just runs into the end zone. It's weird. He hurt himself celebrating on the on the sideline. <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was wondering that because he like runs into a guy, um, mm-hmm. and you know, was something there happening? I don't know. So right. But yeah. I mean. So yeah. So that that happens, and then I will say, like, uh, you know, I, I feel a lot better today about the offense on the whole than I did as an emotional fan in the stadium, um, like rewatching. I mean, we basically came back and matched that. I mean, we marched down the field. We just got bogged down in the red zone, but like we've had these, seasons. we, yeah, right. Well, we've had these like slow starts. I don't know. I feel like we've had slow starts, like three and outs and stuff. And this definitely wasn't that. I mean, we marched mm-hmm. down the field. Um, there was, I can't remember if it was on the, I think it was in the first drive. There was a, like a busted coverage where Dylan Bell was wide open, Mm-hmm. Um, and back, you know, he threw to, I guess his, probably his first read who was open and got a first down, but could have been an easy touchdown on the first drive. If, if, uh, Carson sees bell streaking down the, the sideline. So, but yeah, bogged down the red zone and, uh, kind of a bummer there. Cause right there we're you're trying to match them. And I mean, we lose, at least we got points out of that first drive, but, um, like I said, it wasn't like it was just totally ineffective offense. It, it was just bogged down, bogged down in the red zone. Right. At some point, you're. Uh, I mean, the, the theme. The theme of the day for me was the inability for us to get away from all of these like short and medium type throws. There was not a whole lot of attempts deep. Um, yeah. Like there was a couple of times when, like at the end of the at the end of the halftime, right at the end of the first half, you know, we were driving trying to get into field goal range or maybe even like have a shot at a touchdown. And and Beck takes a sack when he should have like let the ball go. You know what I mean? Like there's right. a lot of like you were frustrated with the offensive line to a to a point, but there were multiple plays where Beck had like ample time to make make a decision. And his ability to to make those decisions seems a lot slower. I I posed to Graham and and the guys, um, you know, the X's and O guys that I don't I don't know how you track this. I don't even know where I would even find the data for it. But if someone out there, maybe maybe Ross Rutledge or someone or dog stats can 
can look at it, but like one of the differences in Beck versus Stetson in terms of the quarterback play in and of itself, mm-hmm. it feels like he's holding on to the ball substantially longer than Stetson did. Okay. And to a certain extent, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that what's happening is, is that it's just been because early in his career, he like, you know, he made some bad decisions. Maybe he forced throws. And I guess over the next couple of years, obviously Stetson stepped in, took over the starting role. And it just kind of became ingrained in his head to not like make mistakes and not, you know, over try to overplay his hand on, on plays. Right. And so you're starting to see them needing to coach out the, the game management aspect of, of what he does. And it really does feel that way because he just basically is just playing to not make a mistake and overthinking in certain in certain cases or just not even looking downfield because mm. he doesn't want to mess up. Does that make sense? It does. And it, it, it's funny, right? Because people used to say that Stetson was his game manager and, you know, we we knew he wasn't. And I think I think eventually right. most people got there. Right. But I mean, he Stetson definitely had more of that gunslinger mentality. And right. I don't think. Beck does. I I will say, like full disclosure, right? That was one of the things that would frustrate me about Stetson at times. Right. Um, you know, when we would say, like, you know, take what the defense gives you. You got this underneath route that's mm-hmm. there and it's gonna get you first down, but you're going for the home run all the time. And so right. I think now we're kind of seeing what happens when you do that. <laughs> um, because there are right. chances, there are times where that guy is open deep and um he's going for the the shorter one. It's it's so weird though, because it's like I have these feelings during the game, right? And then it's like and then you get to the end of the game and Carson Beck was 27 to 35 for 269 yards. Um, and like no turnover worthy plays or whatever. Right. Obviously no, no picks, no touchdown passes. You know, we were able to get in the end zone on the ground, but um, that's where, like what I was saying, where I, I had, I was, I don't know, I had all kinds of things going through my head walking out of the stadium um, last night. And then today rewatching it, I feel better. There was the, the, the two ones that were, the misses to me were the, we already talked about the Dylan bell. There was another play. Um, I believe it was in the second quarter, the trip play when we ran like an end around flea flicker type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, you could see it on TV, but they didn't mention it. Like Rosemary was actually like, he was more, way more open than Bowers. Um, right. he may, I don't know, maybe he's too far down the field or something, but he was past everyone. And then, yeah. uh, Beck went to Bowers. So again, I don't know, like, is it, he couldn't throw it that far. I think he can. Um, was it he didn't see Rosemary, right? The play is just straight up designed to go to Brock, and so that's what he did. I don't know. Um, but we we did see more deep balls. Like, we we saw another deep ball to Ra-Ra Thomas worked. We saw mm-hmm. one that didn't. We saw the one that got broken up in the end zone. That was a great plan of ball, by the way, by the South Carolina defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so we at least have started to see us get more vertical, which is what I felt like was missing. Um, yeah. So that was good. But, you know, I don't know. Like, again, it's... Finishing drives right now is a problem. You got two missed field goals, but if you're not kicking field goals, you're not missing them, right? Let's get in the end zone. I have a feeling that when we look back on the season as a whole, um, you look at players playing themselves into form. Um, you, you hear about that term form in, in soccer, right? Like you have these guys that, that come in uh, in the middle of the season. Um, they are new to the program. Maybe they're injured. I give you a for instance, Manchester United just signed a, a player that British Bulldog and I have been super excited about, but he's been hurt. Well, yeah, he's he's got to play up into form. And Rara Thomas, not that he's been hurt, but he's been hindered. He hindered himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he missed some practice time. He's been in the doghouse, blah, blah, blah. But I have a feeling that when we look back on the season, we're going to look at this game as the spark that ignited Rara Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um I was really impressed with what he was able to produce. I was impressed with Dominic Lovett, even though I think he had, didn't he have a drop in this game? I can't remember. I think he had one drop, but anyway, um, yeah. both of those guys showed why Georgia brought them in. Mm. Um, and they're just such weapons for us. Rosemary Jack Saint made a statement in this game as well. Um, yeah. our, our, this was a coming out party for the wide receiver core, in my opinion, even though it may not have felt like it, um, you know, watching or in the stadium or whatever, they made some tough catches, man. Um, I mean, he, 
you know, we, we, we are just talking about like the, the Beck's not the gunslinger or whatever, but like, even it, he may not be like as, as down, down the field, like over the blow the top off Stetson Bennett type throws, mm-hmm. but he definitely, he definitely made some really tight window throws um, on occasion in that, you know, short to medium, that, 15, that 10 to 15 yard range. Yeah. Um, but he just had, he does have opportunities downfield. And that's the part that, I mean, even with Stetson, you, we had that with Stetson's like, Oh man, the plays are there. The plays are there. Like, look, Oh, he's walking in here. Yeah. There's one to Bowers. There was one to Bowers. Um, if you just waited a little bit longer, Bowers is breaking open. Um, but he threw it short. Um, yeah. there was, uh, I want to say, I mean, the Bowers one is the one that sticks out. And then there was another play that he thought that Dejan Edwards was going to take off um i don't know what he i don't know what he was doing that was the one you remember the play he kind of like lobbed up there and the guy kind of tipped the south carolina defender kind of got a hand to it but it went over his (laughs) yeah i do remember that yeah yeah well and you just you just hit on it because i think the other thing i wanted to hit on was welcome back dejon edwards i mean Mm -hmm. holy cow like definitely 20 carries 118 yards and a touchdown long at 21 and we saw you know, we saw what we, what we missed. And so I don't, I don't know, like, was the, it felt like, um, you know, my issue with the run blocking on the line had been like that there weren't lanes for the running mm-hmm. backs to run through. And it definitely felt like there were bigger lanes this game, but were there, or is, cause like Dejan doesn't need much more than a crease, you know? I mean, he just, yeah. and he can get there and he gets so low and can like duck underneath tackles and stuff. Uh, man, he was a breath of fresh air. Like it was, it was fun to watch him run the ball. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, I would say that um, he's he was a, he was a factor, right? Like he was the difference maker, and kind of like what I was talking about just a second ago, like playing yourself in the form. If yeah. that's Dejan Edwards, who's not a hundred percent, but playing, mm-hmm. like imagine what that looks like when he's a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, seriously. Because there were there were definitely some situations where it was like. I mean, we were, we were relying on him for multiple, multiple drives, like on long, long drives, right? Like where he was having to run the ball multiple times um, for hard, long yards. Um, Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel, I didn't get the same vibe. Like you saw Roderick Robinson's um, carries kind of fall off a cliff when he came back, right? Yeah. I mean, he only played one play, I believe. I mean, he had the one carry. I think that was the only play he was in the game. Right. Um, and then you had uh, Dylan Bell taking taking carries, which in my opinion was, I feel like that this staff has kind of gotten to the point where they realize that Cash Jones and Roger Robinson are, are, are good in doses mm-hmm. um, and, you know, spelling backs and things like that. And Cash maybe has some, some, skills, some skill sets that the other backs don't <clears throat> necessarily possess quite as well. And I don't know, maybe this is just my opinion, but like it feels like that they are utilizing Cash Jones more as like a receiving back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but what I will say is that it felt like that they were trying to figure out how to get Dylan Bell. Like it feels like that they want Dylan Bell to run the ball more as a running back yeah. um, because they're not getting much more from the other ones. And that extends to Kendall Milton too. Like, I don't know, man, if I if I was a person that was, you know, trying to, to staff up this team, like I would look at that and say, what happened? Like, I felt like that Kendall kind of disappeared in the second half when we were making our, our rise. Mm, well, he was on the first touchdown drive um, after we had the long ball to Rara, like the next, the next play actually was, I think his longest run of the game. He ripped off a long one, hurdled a guy, and, and ran through down there, but then he, I mean, he ended up, I mean, he left the game with a, with a knee injury, but, right. but he was, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was struggling with the up the middle runs, um, got stuffed a couple of times. A couple of guys did, I don't know. Uh, you, you brought it up in the preview, I think John around like running off the edge had seemed to be more successful. And I felt that continued here. Um, yeah. but I agree, man. I, mean, I feel like the one, two punch of Dejan, and Dylan Bell is effective. I feel like they those two guys feel like they can feed off each other well. I think the you know we had had the question of who can play the Kenny McIntosh role, and, and I don't know, feeling like maybe that's Dylan Bell. Yeah, I mean, if they can get some packages together for him, like you know, uh, 
we haven't we haven't seen i don't think that we've seen his full skill set on display just yet uh, is kind mm-hmm. of what i'm saying yeah um and it kind of feels like we've kind of accidentally um run into you know i i personally think that what i've seen enough i've seen enough body of work with kindle um i i if he's not healthy i don't think that he should be playing period like if he's even like remotely like hurt yeah everything that i've seen thus far showcases that like unless he's 100% he's not kendall melton does that make sense yeah like, yeah no you're right i mean he doesn't look like himself out there yeah so yeah he's clearly like, he's clearly playing trying to play through it which i mean admirable. i respect it yeah but yeah but now with dejon back right then yeah. let's get let's get kendall healthy you know yeah we had our first 100 yard rusher of the season it's yeah. his first game back right yeah yeah um, it makes you it makes you wonder like what might have been had he you know been back for those first two games like are we having the same conversations about bobo running up the middle blah 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 like all those things like is that something that is that that the narrative of the offense and i actually experienced this at the at the birthday party that i was at which was ironically like you know paul georgia tech you know fan or whatever but like right um There were probably five or six dudes that went to Georgia there with me. It was like a Georgia party. Yeah. Um, I I will say this, though. I was the only one wearing my uh, game day apparel. Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But uh, uh, which uh, multiple multiple of them came by. I was like, man, I I thought about wearing that, but he's a tech fan. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. but uh but anyway there everybody was talking about the offense and bobo and i was like listen guys like you, you gotta calm down like there's no there's no there's nothing to really worry about here and you know you talk about that with this game right and you look at and i'll use the espn gamecast as a as a for instance like carter wasn't uh carter wasn't like really super engaged with the game and stuff i think that at some point he went to like a friend's house um and we came back and we were talking about it and he was like yeah i really thought we were gonna we were gonna lose that game it was like really <laughs> I, never, I mean i never really felt that like i was frustrated i feel like i was more frustrated than i was like worried totally. uh, like, like we said munsoning is dead right yep but you look at that that win probability and at its worst it was basically a toss-up with south carolina having like a 58 chance of winning the game when they went up 14 to three. Yeah. Um, And from there it was all downhill. Like basically as soon as UGA scored another touchdown, the, when when we, when we put it to 14 to 10 um, in uh, what was it in the third quarter, 11 minutes left in the third quarter, um, it immediately swung to 78% Georgia and it just went up from there. Yeah. Um, I believe that, like what what I what I take away from that is that you know Kirby Smart came out and basically said they're going to do it moment by moment, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And he didn't seem worried at all. As frustrated as I was in the first half, I mean, he was definitely not like happy. Yeah, but like he didn't seem bothered at all. Mm-mm. No. I agree. And I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that sound bite with me in the stadium. Um, but I, I saw it today when I, when I rewatched it, I totally agree. And I'll say I was, I was never worried either. I mean, this was nowhere near like on the level of the Missouri game last year. No, no, you know, nowhere near. It, it was nothing like that. Um, even in general, like around us, although I don't know, I guess I had my, my poncho like hoodie on, <laughs> um, but it didn't, even the vibe in the stadium wasn't, is bad as maybe you would think, um, at least to me when the folks around me, although I also had John, uh, tweets sitting next to me and he was very level-headed. So I think that helped me too. <laughs> so <laughs> I was sitting between John, John and my sister. And so we, we were very positive people. Um, that's funny. So, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, like we went, you know, it was halftime. It was frustrating. You're like, what the heck, especially when the first half ended on a sack, you know, like you were saying, like, we're trying to get points. Yeah. Dude. You're trying to get that two for one ends in a sack. And it's just kind of like, whatever i'm gonna get my chick-fil-a sandwich (laughs) and then come back and then it was fine you know and when we came back it was like a they flipped a switch you know i mean marched down scored three and out scored again so i think the biggest um telling statement was 
it was, I think it was, was it after halftime or I can't remember when they were interviewing him talking about like the, the sideline reporter was talking to him about like what he, what he said to Carson Beck. Mm. Um, and I was sitting here thinking like, maybe it was going to be one of those, like, you know, Kirby rage stroke situations. Yeah. But like, he just walked over to him and basically said, Hey, we get the ball. Let's go get it. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> exactly. Like he's, just, he's just so nonchalant. And I, I don't know if that's just like, he's just so dialed in mm-hmm. that, or is it that he just knows how to manage his personnel? Because I don't feel like that Carson Beck is the type to, type of person that's going to respond to the, the rage strokes. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe Stetson, maybe Stetson was because he definitely stroked out on Stetson several times. Yes. Um, but I haven't seen him stroke out on, on Beck yet. No. Um, but yeah, either, no, we have way, either way. It's just like, we have a great, we have, we have the best head coach in the country and by and large, what we've seen happening at Alabama with the greatest, you know, head coach in, in history or whatever, um, without Kirby smart, hasn't been able to really keep it together for lack of a better description. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like Kirby was the glue that's holding everything together um, and really is with this team. Like the guy is just so dialed in with his program. It's, it's ridiculous. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Why don't we, why don't we pause briefly to remind everyone that season four of my got a podcast is presented by Oxia time. Uh, so Oxia time is a custom watch company. Uh, they make automatic Swiss watches and you've got to check out their 2021 and 2022 uh, Georgia national championship watch collection. Uh, so you can go head over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. A uh, reminder that a portion of the proceeds, proceeds from every Georgia watch sold go towards Bulldogs battling breast cancer. Um, and then also you can use the code MyGotAPodcast at checkout to get a custom presentation box. So shout out to John. Uh, thanks again to all the folks over at Oxy Time. Yes. All right. So the defense is still just doing like, Georgia defense things. So, you know, I mean, other than the, that first drive, again, the scripted drive, we had the the blitz. Um, we did see the sack, the sacks start to come. Uh, we had the question who would get the first sack. It was, it was uh, your guy in Nazir Stackhouse. He had the first sack in the game. Uh, so, so it was good to see that. And then again, uh, the secondary still amazing. I'll feel a lot better when Bullard's back but Starks still just is everywhere. Um, and man, it's fun to see a fully healthy Tyke Smith. You know, I, I, we're, we're seeing the guy that we thought we were going to get when he first transferred and hasn't been able to do that due to injury. And he's, uh, he's balling out. Yeah, I agree. A um, couple of things on the defense. So I like, if there were things that I was worried about during the game, like watching, watching Rattler, like pick apart the defense, um in the first half was definitely up there amongst um some of the more frustrating moments mm-hmm. um but what i will say is that that the guy that guy Leggett, is that his name i believe so yeah yeah um that guy is a problem um yeah. sorry carter but um that guy was is an absolute unit um i it just seems like the like lately the the tendency of going towards a, a guy that can run, you know, that can run a ridiculously fast 40 time for being such a large person. Um, the guy's like six, six two something. He's like a Darnell Washington type guy out there, but he's running super fast. Mm. I think at one point he was returning kicks. Um, I saw out there, I was like, good Lord, why do they have him out there returning kicks? <laughs> but what I will say about that is that, um, is it uh, Daylon Everett? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was getting manhandled by Leggett early. And one of the things that I feel like that they switched up was like, they basically tried to not have him matched up with Leggett moving forward. And they actually had um, Kamari Lasseter on him. Okay. And I thought that Lasseter did a phenomenal job on him. There was a couple of like past breakups that he had on him. Um, I think one, he actually like jumped the route. Um, But uh but yeah, like just some of the little, you know, jockeying things, you know, normal things that go along, you, know, you have, you have your game plan and then you just kind of pivot and move things around, realize where your matchups are are, are lacking on the day. Um, and then you just, you, you kind of figure it out. And this, this Georgia defense, you just kind of 
believe that they're always going to figure something out um, as the as the game progresses. And the second half kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, uh, I think that at one point, um, the middle of the second half, they flashed a ESPN flashed up a stat that was kind of like the story of the game, um, the yards per play stat. I think at one point, like uh, in the first half, South Carolina had like, I, don't, I think it was like 6.6 or 6.7 yards per play. And then the in the middle of the second half, when basically the route was on or that Georgia kind of had taken taken possession of the game, basically, I think their yards per play was like 3.3 or something like that. Hmm. And that was felt in the, in the stadium. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody... I don't know if anybody told Kirby about uh, about Beamer's comments at halftime about kicking their butts, but I'm not saying they didn't because right. I was like, ooh, I really hope that someone tells Kirby about that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I I didn't know about that until today uh, yeah, uh, when right. I was rewatching it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, did he really say that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the I don't know. Like, with their offense, the – so for the the two touchdown drives, right? So you had like the like we said the scripted opening uh, drive for a touchdown, and then you know they didn't score again until the the drive that they scored on the second scoring drive in the first half. It came off of that missed field goal. So you know it's like Georgia drives down, is in good position. That was uh, like a going backwards situation again, where penalties and everything bogged us down. Go backwards, miss field goal, and then boom, momentum shift, and they come down and score. Um, and Rattler did make a couple of big plays with his legs on that drive. Yeah. Well, right. Mm-hmm. So that, so it was kind of like, uh, I don't know, bookends of the first half, right. With the two scoring drives. I mean, it really was, it was the first time they had the ball and the last time they had the ball the first half. Um, but then after that, I mean, really nothing, right. Um, no points in the second half, second half shutout. I like your conspiracy theory that Curry heard, Kirby heard <laughs> what Beamer said. Um, well, I can tell you one thing. I would not have wanted to be in an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or a member of the secondary in that locker room um, at halftime because if if they ever release what he actually said, because in the halftime like recap when before they took the field, you know, he comes out there and again, guy didn't look bothered at all. He just yeah. comes out there and like, what did you say to the team? Blah, blah, blah. It's like still moment by moment, like whatever. Right. Um, I feel like it was like it's going to be a perfect opportunity for someone to just like bust out like a a Whitney Houston like dub remix for for the highlights or whatever. But um, yeah, but he uh, but he just didn't seem bothered at all. Um, Mm -mm. I have a feeling that the speech was a little bit more fiery than that, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Let's see. Uh, One thing I wanted to call out uh, that was a special teams play. Uh, Makai Muse making a tackle on kickoff return. That was amazing. I don't I know if you caught that. that. I didn't catch that one. So there was a play, uh, and and it and they got really backed up. So Makai Muse comes down crashing, makes a tackle on the kickoff on the kickoff team, and there was holding. And so South Carolina was backed up uh, in the end. I think it was the their first possession of the second half. So we come down and score. We kick off when we kicked off. Um, I think I think that was when it was. Muse made the 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 tackle. And they're back that's, up, and then and then they went three and out. So that's not a recipe for success against this team, right? Yeah, seriously. So, so I'll give you I'll give you like something to maybe watch for the season to go on because I felt this way all throughout the game, even in the first half. Mm-hmm. So did you ever? Did you by ever by chance feel like that? You know, we were getting carved up, right? Like they were getting they're having success all day long. It felt like it was like like what's what's going on? Like I don't understand how they're having so much success throwing the ball on us. Like yeah. Rattler's an experienced quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like, we've got, like, at one point I was like, maybe I should be worried about the secondary. Um, right. But here's the thing. So I feel like that when they're between the 20s, it's bend but don't break. But mm-hmm. when they get in, when they get into the red zone is when we kick things up to a whole other gear. So, like, it yeah. almost feels like that we're okay, like, giving up yards and giving up plays. But when we, when they get down to the – you know, into scoring territory, they're looking to either like shut it down or get you into field goal position. And then on the flip side, when we, when we we're pinning them back, like, it's almost like, okay, we're, we're taking the opportunity to flip the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like that it was, it was like two different teams, right? Like, so they get into the red zone or they get into the between the 35 or whatever. And it's like, wait, where was this defense? Like, 
Yeah. Why couldn't we do that before? Before they got down here? Like, yeah. You know I mean? Right. And you never know like what the strategy is for the game, right? Because we definitely could have been like, keep it in front of you because you know, we didn't give up a long touchdown pass, you know, right. um, a long one. Like they're, and they're, even their longer passes were still, um, you know, we're running the, yeah, exactly. And there's a, there's somebody behind them and we're like running them out of it, you know, off the sideline stuff like that. So yeah, right. I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it, the first half was filled with frustration for sure. Uh, <laughs> like on both sides of the ball, uh, I'm not going to repeat, you know, the things that I said, um, you know, ir- ir- irrational in the game fan. Uh, but, um, I don't know, man. Yeah. This, the second half, it, it would, I mean, it was a tale of two halves, right? I mean, right. second half a- again, Rattler got some yards, but everything in the second half was empty. I mean, he had what, like six completions in the second half. I mean, it, it yeah. dipped way down. It felt like that they started bringing more, or at least we started like getting maybe more exotic. Cause I think at one point they talked about Michael Williams ran from the right side of the line all the way around to the left side to yeah. get to Rattler. Um, you know, it just seemed like that we just had more success getting to him. And, th- and that actually speaks to like one of the things that I was noticing as the game wore on was that, you know, you look at how this team was able to jump out on Georgia, right? And it's like, okay, all of a sudden we took some body they, on the broadcast. They were talking about this team needed to take some body blows to see like what they were made of basically. And Georgia yeah. took multiple, multiple body blows here and yep. still kept punching or kept chopping, if you will. Um, Nice. But uh, but I think that that like this this game is just an underscore to the entirety of the SEC that our depth is such that we can overcome a lot of what a team could potentially throw at us. There are a couple of positions I don't necessarily agree with that we could take just about everything, but like it's it is what it is. Um, like if you know, God forbid, Jim, knock on your wood, like, you know, Beck goes down or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like behind, but we've shown at the running back position, you know, Dejon Edwards got hurt. We had multiple guys step up and, you know, spell the time. Right. Uh, wide receiver, Lad McConkey hasn't played. Our number one wide receiver hasn't played. Hey, note to self, like missing number one wide receiver in the ring. You can actually have success in Athens as the number one team in the country. Yep. Um, there's, you know, we're, we're missing, we're missing guys all over the field. Right. I mean, Mims went down and it feels like, I mean, I hate to say this, but like, did we accidentally come across an offensive line that can actually like move, move things around? I don't know. We'll see, but it definitely felt like that we didn't miss a beat when he went down. Right. Yeah. I mean, we shifted Truss out to right, right tackle and brought in what fair, fair child at guard. Fair child. Yeah. 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 And like it felt like that we were taking the game over, but like you look across the line at South Carolina, like there was multiple times where like the the body language of their offensive line and their linemen was just like like basically what Kirby wants. They want him to quit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and our ability to throw depth at a problem is unparalleled in really maybe I I, I don't know, like maybe Ohio State, like I don't know that there's a team in the country that can really throw the depth that we have at every position um, throughout the game. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, with the way the the schedule started, we hadn't really been able to have a moment like this. And, you know, you wonder what a team's going to do the first time they get punched in the mouth. And that happened yesterday. And we saw how they responded in the second half. So I think, that, I think you know, it said a lot about the team. I know that's what Kirby said um, as well. So, um what was the vibe in the stadium overall? Cause that was a talk coming in, right? Like that was like one of the things that was um, a con, a con, I don't know the controversy is the right way, but it was a, a lead going into the game was that our atmosphere was subpar. Oh, I, saw, I saw multiple first starts, uh, false starts. Um, yeah. It, it was loud, man. It was loud. It, you know, it's, it, it was what you expect Sanford stadium to be for a three thirty kickoff. Um, and I mean, it was, I would say it was loud throughout. And then in the second half, I think it did, I think it got taken up a notch at least early, right. Before we pulled away. Um, uh, it got even, it got even louder. I was going, I was going back through my texts and I I was texting Kim a couple of times during the game, just being like, Oh my gosh, it was so loud on that third down. You know, like it was, it was pretty loud. <laughs> so I feel like the fans delivered. I don't know. There's something about when it rains in Sanford stadium, it gets louder. I don't know. Like that happened last year against Tennessee and it happened again yesterday. So 
I guess you figure you're already there, so you might as well make a make a big deal about it. Exactly. Maybe, maybe the rain helps reverberate everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, all right. Two two things that are kind of random I wanted to hit on. One, I mentioned that I listened to uh, the radio broadcast on my way home today. And I started to say this earlier, but then I kind of forgot. You were talking about uh, Leggett or Leggett. Mm-hmm. And here's a play where he got tackled, uh, I don't know, hard. And Scott Howard said, Leggett got leclobbered. <laughs> so I got I gotta find that soundbite uh, to share it with you. <laughs> um, but the other thing was on the broadcast. So uh, DJ Shockley actually was the uh, he was in the booth um, with Scott and JD was on the sideline. So apparently Eric Zier, I don't know if I heard this right, but I think they said he was in like a over fifty surfing contest in Hawaii. Is I, I think what? yeah I'm not sure I totally got that right but they talked about it in the post game uh, they said he was in Hawaii so, so that's the way I heard it I don't know maybe I heard it wrong um, but that was kind of crazy <laughs> so you can only get this kind of intel on my God the podcast was that a, was that a joke were they like making fun of him or something <laughs> I don't think so I don't know yeah we'll have to find out we'll have to find out um, the other thing was just it, not even really about this game but about our schedule um, and just looking at. Looking across college football this weekend, there's a lot of craziness going on. Um, there are now five undefeated teams remaining in the SEC, including Georgia. And the other four are all on Georgia's remaining schedule. So that's Missouri, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Auburn. Um, so for all the talk of how easy Georgia's schedule was going to be this season, uh, we've got, you know, it, it's it's looking a little... Uh, Looking a little tougher, and and if you look at if you look 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 across right now, like I said, every undefeated team is on our schedule. So thought that was interesting. Right. Uh, yeah, it does, it does look like he was there for a surfing championship. Sorry, I was like totally googling. Like I was, I, I this was I this it. was engrossing engrossing for me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it looks like that he was at some sort of um, some sort of um, surfing championship. Yeah, weird. Yeah. I heard it right. I heard it right. You did. Uh, well, you know, again, like if, if you're frustrated and stuff, you know, at least we're not like, uh, like Tennessee, <laughs> although, you know, they, they couldn't give Florida, they couldn't make their B2Ls in Florida. Um, you know, we had talked about that. It had been a long time since they won. I didn't realize how long it was. And I, I've already forgotten again, but it was like 2003 or 2005 or something like that. This is the last time Tennessee won in the swamp. Um, yeah, I think it was 2000 and three because yeah because um basically the next time that they play it'll be like you know last time they won they could they could basically buy a drink <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> at drinking age right right <laughs> and then it'll be it'll be like the 1980 thing for them right like yeah yeah so um, i don't know man craziness with with all the craziness that you've seen you saw that i mean alabama struggling against south florida I don't know. A ten-point conference win isn't isn't so bad. Yeah, seriously. Like on a, on a weekend where nobody looked like that they wanted to win at all, especially like across the country. The only team so far that has like looked like that they want to win this 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 whole thing is is Washington, which is just still mind-boggling to me. <laughs> hey, remember in the season preview episode when I said Washington, you were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I. I I need to dig. I need to dig more into it because Graham's been talking about them. Yeah, they're going to be that they're going to make the um the playoff. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it, they're they're playing lights out. That's for sure. Um, uh, I don't know who's on their schedule. Or have we moved on to the the other things? Yeah, that's fine. I think before so. We wrapped up before we wrapped up the. Yeah, that sounds right. The the cacks is, is oh uh, coach. I was gonna say yeah. We need we 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 need to not forget that. So <laughs> what are, what are we what are we not we're not forgetting? Oh, the over-unders update. So update on the over-unders uh for coaches over-unders. We managed to, and I'm sure everyone listening realized it. You realized it. I think I was the only one who was an idiot and didn't realize it. That we made the exact same picks on the last episode. So we both went four and four. Uh we were over on the offensive picks, which is hilarious. Uh, so Hilarious. we're still still tied on the season, but it was raining. If it wasn't raining, our offensive picks would have been way better. <laughs> it was we we were raining, and like here's the <sighs> thing: like the, people will also probably be like, "Oh yeah, Wells hadn't gone down." Like, oh you, 
Like I, oh, I just want to put I want to put on note that UGA has has been missing their top wide receiver the entire season. <laughs> it was funny. Like the announcers started going in on that actually when he got hurt, and I was like, you know, a day later rewatching it, and I was getting frustrated, and I was like, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I was frustrated. It's pretty funny, even though we like we like them. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, yeah. I guess before we finally wrap, uh, I did want to say I got uh, uh, delivered a new hat at, uh, to the tailgate, uh, <laughs> and I got my dad was wearing his better better never rest hat, and got some questions Ooh. about that. So just a reminder, uh, go check out the new website, the newly redesigned mygotapodcast dot com, and you can go to mygotapodcast dot com slash store to see our latest merch. And thanks again to Working Web Media for helping us get that set up. Uh, and again, you can always go to workingwebmedia.com slash dogs. Uh, if you got a small business, um, you need help with your website or just your online presence in general. So, yes. Final thoughts, JP. Final thoughts. We can go uh, anywhere. We can go anywhere around whatever. <laughs> all right. So let's just go all over the, all over the, the country, right? So like we talked about lot, lots of football. So we talked, we just talked about Washington. Let's just, let's wrap a bow around the Washington conversation. Mm-hmm. So Washington has been lighting it up against noted powerhouses, Boise State, Tulsa, and Michigan State, who's missing their Mel Tucker. Right. They're currently going through their own their own situation, right? Right. They've been putting up all these points. They next have Cal. I'm sure that things are not going to change there. They have Arizona. But to end the season, we talk about like um, October and, and November being like where, you know, pretenders, you know, go away mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um. They will finish the season in October. They they play Oregon. Um, then in November they play USC. They play Utah. Mm. They play Oregon State, and they play Washington State. They have one, uh, two, three, four, five. They have five games against currently ranked top twenty-five opponents to end the season. Yeah, who knew? So what we're going to pack- find out. We're going to find out about Washington. Yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 is, like, killing it, which is weird for a conference that's, like, not going to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I guess they're going out with a bang or something. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Down, going down in the blaze of glory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because um, well, Oregon seems to be the bellwater game for a number of teams. So, mm-hmm. like I said, uh, Oregon plays Washington here coming up October 14th. Um, definitely going to be watching that game because Oregon has equally looked just as just as good um, as anybody in the in, in the country. I feel like too. And they play Colorado this week, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so you, you, that's a great segue. Thank you, Jim. Um, so <laughs> Oregon is is going to be playing Colorado, and there's a lot of hype going around Colorado. I am on the record as being like a, a huge questioner of the, the Dion experience out here. The math doesn't make sense to me, but you know, Hey, you know, hats off to them. They figured out a way to win um, and storm the field somehow as, as a massive, um, as a massive favorite in that game. Yeah. They were like um, a 20 something point favorite. Correct. So Colorado State, all right, so here's the thing. So that game should have been an absolute blowout. Um, the Colorado State left, I mean, had to have been close to 30 points on the field because of either miscues or misplays, uh, you know, just penalties, wiping wiping things out. Um, you know, they, they kicked a field goal and ended up getting a penalty, which extended their drive even further so they could put a touchdown. They promptly threw a pick six. Pick six. <laughs> that um, sequence was insane. There was multiple, like, I mean, they had, I don't, I don't even know what it was. I think in, at, the, at halftime, it was like eight penalties for like 88 yards. Like, and it only got worse from there. So like, I don't know, they... Their coach apparently did a lot of film study um, before the game and stuff, but like, I don't know, I guess they forgot how to play football from a, from a penalty standpoint. They took out Travis Hunter. I don't even know what the prognosis is on that. Um, he, but what I came, will I thought he came back in. I thought I saw him. No, he came, he came back in, but okay. then he ended up going to the hospital. Oh, I did. say oh, I missed that. This is what right. happened when I, when I went to bed. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was, I was up. I actually watched the post game interview because again, uh, I kind of agree with Colorado State's coach that there's like a certain I don't know. Shadur Sanders did the post game interview on on the field, 
Um, and it, I know that it was like an, an F you um, to them, mm-hmm. but he was wearing, he was wearing the, the Dion shades for the post game interview. <laughs> um, okay. Which it was a huge middle finger to the Colorado States guy. Cause that was like what he said. He was like, I took my glasses off, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Um, which I, the, the broadcast crew did a really like over the top job at trying to like, downplay that that was a an insult at dion but it absolutely was oh yeah yeah totally was it totally was yeah i thought that was weird when they were trying to say that yeah it was really weird um but anyway there was definitely some dirty play going on there but um anyway he he gave the interview and at the end he was talking about how he was like super concerned about his brother travis hunter who who went to the hospital got it okay i I don't know i don't know what happened but yeah that that play was when he went out it was ridiculous what I will say is, is that when Travis Hunter went out of the game, things really changed. Um, gotcha. I, if he's not able to go um, against Oregon or de- the rest of the way, like I have a feeling things are going to drop off pretty, pretty sharply for, for Colorado, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, I thought yeah. that, I thought that Dion got out coached. Um, I think that, the lack of discipline on the Colorado state side in, in terms of the coaching thing is probably what ended up costing them the most, but like the plays were there. Like they, they, they had all the opportunity in the world. And even at the end, like the guy, you know, Colorado state had uh, an opportunity to kind of run the ball and ice the game, but they ended up punting it back to him. And that ended up being like a total Mark Rick. Like, what was it? What was that bowl game where we punted it back and they, they came back and, was it against Michigan State? I think it was. That I, we did lose one at Michigan State at some point. Yeah, well, like we we punted it back to them, and and they came down and scored, and that was like a, a huge mistake. Like that's basically what happened. I don't know. All I know is that as a someone who grew up watching Dion play for the Falcons as a kid, seeing Dion's son get a pick six, uh, mm-hmm. and then hug his dad on the sideline was cool. And then also just like the smack talk really between cool. the two teams. Again, like what we were talking about is like, I don't know when we were texting, it was like, it was, it was fun to see, it's, it's fun to see these guys like that hate each other in this rivalry doing these things like Georgia, Georgia Tech used to be. Right. And you know, you've got the Colorado State guys all doing like the Dion high step on the way into the end zone and then doing the Dion dance to celebrate, to rub it yes. in. I just, I don't know. I loved every minute of it. I thought that was awesome. I, I agree. It was a yeah. fun game to watch. Yeah. It, it was, was fun because not only was it regional, yeah, um, exactly. which I texted you guys about like. It, it it had meaning to a local community is what I what I yes. mean by that regional factor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it it had all of the passions that that college football that makes college football special. So like you know, hats off to ESPN for for picking to go to that game. Yeah, because um, that was a recipe for everything that's good about college football. Now the hype train, like they had, I mean. The Rock was a huge factor, a huge like personality that was there at the game, which is great. Like I, I like The Rock, but like, dude, you went to Miami. Like, yeah, I was so confused have, by that. You haven't been hyping up. You haven't been hyping up Miami ever. Like that was on, our dude. conversation at the tailgate. Was like, why was The Rock on? Why was he on game day? Like, why was he there? I don't know. All right, man. I know the only other thing I noticed around the country was uh, you had you had talked about you thought Missouri was going to have a good year, and they uh, eked out with a 61 yard field goal to beat uh Kansas state uh, to stay undefeated. So Missouri, Missouri living up to your preseason expectations, Sean. Yes. Um, also incidentally, a neighbor in the neighborhood um, is a K state alum and I haven't, I haven't checked in on him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I did run into him on Saturday. Uh, Carter had baseball practice on Saturday. That was where the rain, like we showed up to baseball practice and the bottom dropped at baseball practice. That's when I, I was literally in the car while Carter was practicing in the rain, texting you guys. Like, is it raining there? Right. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah. this is not good. I, I do not want to find out uh, how Carson Beck handles a wet ball or how big his hands are in, exactly. in the rain today. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what it is with South Carolina and the rain, man. I feel like wasn't it 2019 where he had we had the rain game too that we ended up losing. Uh, 2019 was the one. I can't um, remember. I, I no, 2019. Like was... Yeah, the 2019 we lost, but that wasn't that wasn't rain. But there have been several. Rain? It's usually there. Usually when we're there, there's been multiple like uh, weather delays. One one year it was delayed by a day. Remember we played a game on Sunday because of a hurricane. 
Um, so yeah, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, usually when we're there, uh, crazy things happen. 2016, yeah, Kirby's first season. I think we played South Carolina on a Sunday. Right. Um, okay, yeah, but at any rate, yeah, I don't know, man. I like I said, I'll take a 10 point conference win. Uh, I know this is like your one of your most hated teams, so I know that was a, a it was a good win for you. Yes, <laughs> and I, I will tell you, like I told you, I, I actually like told my wife, I was like, if it was at halftime and she ended up going upstairs because she couldn't take me anymore. <laughs> I wasn't like yelling, but I was like overly excited when we had big successes and stuff. So like, got it. I was definitely like feeling the pressure, so to speak. I wasn't ever worried, but like, I was like, I was definitely getting hyped. Yeah. Um, apparently at our house, Kim moved from like one TV to the other. And uh, apparently oh, according oh. to her, that was the turning point. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. So I feel like that, like, if you're if you're listening to this and you feel bad at all for like doing something different at halftime, like something superstitious to try to like spark spark the team, like don't feel bad at all. Because what I've found in the like substrate of like social media or whatever is that we all did the same thing. If you were not in the stadium, you went upstairs and you changed, you switched up your beverages, you mm-hmm switched positions in the house apparently like you did something to try to change it up because whatever was happening was not working (laughs) (laughs) and i had a complete wardrobe change too i forgot to tell you i forgot to mention that i know i told you that but like yeah yeah uh i i wore a shirt that i hadn't worn all season and i don't know that i'm gonna go back to it to be perfectly (laughs) honest with you (laughs) um but i went back to the shirt that i wore last week so there you go. Um, it was it was the spark that that that, that led us to victory. Nice, nice. I love it. I love it. Well done. Well done. You know, it feels good to make an impact on the game like that. It does. Yeah. You're like, see, uh, too good. My wife always makes fun of me for that stuff. But like, hey, uh, awesome, cool. All right. Well, uh, you know, still undefeated. Still number one. Polls are out. Still number one. Uh, that didn't change. So, uh, I don't know. Start off on the right foot in the SEC and uh, on to the next one. We'll be back soon to uh, preview UAB. Yes, the Blazers fighting the fighting Blazers. Fighting Trent Dilfers. <laughs> the Trent Dilfers. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that uh, who, who was talking about that? I can't remember where I got that one. Who said the fighting Trent Dilfers? Yes, yes. I don't know. Did Will say that? I don't know. Maybe Will said that. I think it was Will. Yeah. Wait, shout out Waiting since last Saturday. Nice. Cool. All right, man. Well, that was a fun one. And now uh, I'll talk to you, uh, I guess, tomorrow to preview UAB. We're going to preview it tomorrow. Send in your questions. I know you're going you're gonna to hit them with a tweet. Absolutely. Awesome. Go dogs. Go dogs.